Once again, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another Big Gold Belt Wrestling podcast after a crazy week of uh, international events, startup events, some bubbly popping off, and and all kinds of other things that we are going to get in here to tonight with the Big Gold Belt crew. We are back at your boy Heel Will Mahoney, and we we got the full house starting right right off the bat here. We got I uh, hear traveling across the DMV. Right now, speeding away is a man, two chains. Kind of trying to, I don't know if you're trying to escape the uh, area. What are you trying to do, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get home, but what is up? And yeah, by means, I didn't want to delay the show tonight. So I said, let's just do it remotely. I know my man, Hot Take Contenderless, and let's just do this thing. But uh, yeah, hopefully, it's not too much background noise. But hey, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing? You're sounding all right, so I think we're off to a good start. I won't say anything about it. We don't want to jinx nothing here. And of course, we got <laughs> we got we got the giant crab as always, ready to uh to to bring down the hammer if things uh, start getting crazy tonight. How is our yeah, man? That, that's what I can pay for. Uh, you know, walk softly and carry a giant hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to play that role. You know, they got to keep things got to keep things real in the the crazy world we're uh, living in today. And then, of course, last but not least, we got the salty one himself, Damian G, in the house again for I think is this our third time? Third. This or might be fourth time's the charm, actually. There we go. <laughs> this this is becoming a regular thing. Yeah, I I, I think you guys are, are stuck with me for a while. There we go. <laughs> no one's complaining. Awesome. No, not at all. This has been this has been a good mix, and I'm excited yes, to, to see it continue. Since we, we, you know, there's a lot of interesting things going on currently, mm-hmm. so there's mm-hmm. there's no shortage of things to talk about, and that the variety of, of opinions is always good. It's all it's always fun to to get into that. So hold on before before we start. Like I think it's safe to say that we need to say that this show tonight. Is brought to you by the good people at Outback Steakhouse because without them, none of this next topic will be relevant right now. So definitely no, 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 it was Longhorn. Okay, well, damn! I tried how to- dare you? How dare you insult? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Sully the champion's good, wow. good sensibilities. I wow. said he went to a goddamn Outback. Wow. Are you kidding me? Wow, <laughs> that is funny though, because Cody. When after everything went down, Cody tweeted out that he preferred Outback to Long. <laughs> but Cody's so, from Georgia and is sponsored by Cracker Barrel. What does he know about taste? <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, sir. Okay, okay, so so hold on. Let's 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 get a little divided here. Outback or, or Longhorn? Who y'all guys going with? Oh, neither. I've yeah. never had Longhorn. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if it's Outback or Longhorn, then I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever one has given me some type of free uh, uh, gift card is where I would go. So other than that, not on my radar ever. We got now a place it's... down here. We got a place down here called Texas Roadhouse. So oh, we know uh, about that. Yeah, we know, we that's got the bomb. Yeah, that's we got those up we here. Def- 
the biscuit and butter, we know about that. I just I just had that recently, so I know all about that. Yeah. But uh, now, if he would have lost it there, I would have said, "Yeah, no, he 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 ate too much steak, got sick that day, and they done stole it from him." But <laughs> hey, Longhorn, not 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 the best, not the worst. <laughs> so what, what what do we talk about? Will why why I had to bring to our sponsorships for the day? What do we talk about here? Well, if we're talking this- about the Longhorn Steakhouse or our store chain steakhouses in general, I guess we're talking about. The new AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Chris Jericho, is who we're talking about. That, of course, won the title last Saturday night at AEW All Out in Chicago. And, of course, we're going we're gonna to get into that show and uh, all of our thoughts on what, what happened last uh, mm-hmm. Saturday night. Because mm-hmm. Lord knows a lot happened last Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Their, their last big show before their TV launch in October. But, uh, yeah, after Jericho became champ, then uh, it became a game of a... Uh, where is the AEW title belt? Because <laughs> no one quite seemed to know. <laughs> so yeah, Jericho became champ, and the long and short of it is uh, within the next day or two, returning from Chicago, he ended up in Tallahassee, and he discovered while he was at Longhorn Steakhouse that he had lost the AEW championship belt. <laughs> You, you, so, you can't make this stuff up. You really can't. That is the most wrestling thing to happen, incidentally, supposedly, in a long time. Also, too, like, no, no like, I'm just going to just be quite frank right here. This is the funniest thing. Like, there's two funny things I've seen about this scenario. Number one comes from whoever tweeted, uh, whoever, first of all, whoever tweeted about Chris Jericho A saying, about how old he was, and then somebody saying like he's also the youngest AEW champ. Absolutely funny <laughs> as hell. <laughs> Absolutely funny as hell saying that too. But the funniest thing comes from our guy locally and Mike King saying this is exactly why Nova Pro never had a championship battle. Uh, I was like, I was like, the no. level of disrespect. <laughs> I was like, oh, that man I was right like, there. Come, come on, dude. That was so. I, I was die. I was die, and all the comments under it too from uh, all the town who's worked at Nova Pro. Uh, that has I said it was so funny, but like, like this is absolutely the most wrestling thing ever. Like, first of all, how in the world did he end up in Tallahassee? Like, if you think about Chicago, I'm not sure where he lives at. I'm sure he doesn't live down in. He's in, he's in Florida, so I'm assuming he was on his way home if he ended up okay. in Tallahassee. Okay, but, yeah, but like. It's a, so I've heard that this the, the belt is appraised at 30k, right? Um, so it's a pretty piece of jewelry that's uh, floating around. It's also you know you have it, and like anybody else with any other self consciousness, know that. Let me make sure that the most expensive thing that I possess right now, especially if it's not technically mine, let me make sure it's on. You know, let me make sure it's priority in my thoughts right now. So I'm trying to figure out. Uh, now, now, granted. I've never been to Longhorn, but I definitely had one of those ultimate margaritas at uh, at Texas Row House. So if he had one of those, then he gets the pass. But we know he's all about that bubbly, no matter if it was uh, some premium bubbly or not. We know Jericho gets down from his uh, late night tweeting or whatever. So we're definitely going to we're definitely going to talk this one up to sobriety on why this was lost because like 
it, it's this old, it's us, it's well fitting for this guy Chris Jericho and his last like couple of years of fame. So, at a, a point of me, if I had thought about this a little bit, I'm not surprised. But now that this story came out, I'm damn sure not surprised that this is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really not surprised at all. Like, oh, okay. Like, I wasn't even shocked. I was like, oh, okay. Jericho being Jericho. <laughs> yeah, I think the the, the mystery now, because now to, to be clear, the, the belt has been found. It was yeah. returned uh, yesterday. And we found out today that someone found it in the turn lane of a road in a bag. What? It was yeah, straight up. I'm actually have the story in front of me from Tallahassee, yeah. if you want to read yeah, it. Lay, lay, lay it on, Mr. Jamal. Lay, yeah. Okay. So this is from the Tallahassee Democrat, uh, local paper down there in uh, the beautiful capital of Tallahassee, of Florida. Uh, Frank Price of Tallahassee happened to find the belt on Sunday, his 40, 41st birthday, as he and his wife Katie drove home after a day of scalloping with friends in Port St. Joe's Bay. It was a present he of sorts he'd never asked for or wanted, and one would never plunge him into the middle of pro wrestling world intrigue and drama. Quoting Price, it's pretty comical. It's like the start of a great screenplay. This story could have gone in so many other funny directions. There's so many twists and turns to it. So they pulled down the Highway 20. Price spotted what seems to be a velvet bag in the middle of a turn lane near Capitol Square Southwest in Tallahassee. The bag was scuffed and contained something heavy, but the Prices didn't peek inside until they got home. And when they opened the bag, he couldn't believe his eyes. Quote his price again. I think I said something like, whoa, it's a huge wrestling belt. And I never would have guessed that, uh, that it, what it was in a lifetime of guestless. So his wife Googled the belt, said that there were knockoffs of it on eBay, and he never guessed that it was the real thing. Um, quoting him again, at the time, there was nothing on the news about it being lost or stolen. Uh, and so we just thought it was a replica or a costume belt or something like that. Uh, maybe it belonged to a kid or a fan. So they put it on Craigslist. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and of course, on Sunday, we didn't know it was missing yet. So, so the story so, hadn't grown. So, yet. continue on because it gets better. Uh, quoting the Craigslist ad from Price I found a pro wrestling belt championship belt on Highway 20 Sunday afternoon, the ad said. Contact me with details. You can come get it. He also texted the photos of the belt to his brother and a friend. And it's a picture on a, a wooden table of the AEW championship belt uh, next to like a watch to give you some size of how massive this damn thing is. Um, and there's a screenshot of his text to his friend and screenshot of uh, Craigslist. So he started getting replies Tuesday night from the Tallahassee. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I started getting replies from people uh, from the local paper saying, yo, this is real. Hold on to that. He didn't realize what it was, and then that's when he called the police, who was told to bring it in. Um, and then he, while he was there, he bumped into Mike Vaughn, the owner of Mike's Limousine, who had given Jericho a ride to the restaurant. So the limousine owner said that um, the limousine owner was at the police station at the same time the dude brought it in to file a, uh, an insurance claim on the belt. Um, luckily, they were able to con confirm that it was the real thing. And it was kind of like a funny deal. And that's when all of the, um, the tweets from the Jacksonville, um, not Jacksonville, Tallahassee Police Department came out um, and stuff like that. And, and then it became a big to do. So quoting Price again, I think what happened is they just set it on the trunk of the limo and it fell off. The only other possibility is that it was like a wrestling uh, plot uh, set up that they needed to get public. But <laughs> um, the bottom line is, is that... Um, 
Florida, man. Florida things happen in Florida on a day that ends in Y. Why are we surprised? Florida's going to Florida. I think that's can the I, best can way I, to put it. Florida can I, can every I single time. Can I tell you something? I'm proud of Florida right now because oh, yeah. not only not only did they return this thirty thousand, this thirty k dollar belt, they've been returning cocaine that's been washing up on the shore. So like, Florida may not be floating right now because I'm very surprised because the fact two- that they're getting a uh, uh, surf full of cocaine is the most Florida thing that's happened today. <laughs> <laughs> but today. the fact that they're turning it in. It's very bizarre because Florida is involved. But you know what, though? This story's not over because as much as it's been turned in, there's going to be some craziness come out of it. But, yeah, Florida's going to Florida no matter what at the end of the day. And you know what? But smart for AEW to actually run with the angle. Yeah, um, so that's, that's, that's my next thing. I saw the video and I'm hearing, like, internet things saying, like, maybe they're going to go with it, maybe it's not. But what, what you guys think? They, they should run with it right now? Well, now that they have it back, I mean, I don't know what exactly you can do. I think, I think their hope was because from what I was hearing yesterday, when Tal, when the Tallahassee PD put out that tweet showing they had the belt in their possession, it got took down really quick. And I think there was some hope on AEWs where they're like, "Oh, damn it! Why did you put that out there? If you didn't, if you just gave us the belt back and didn't say nothing, then we could turn this into something." But once yeah. the belt was once now everyone knows it's there and. You know, he got back to Jericho, and Jericho started cutting promos with it. You know, last night, it's like I think I think it's done. Unless I mean, unless you turned it into something like someone stole the belt, you know, something like um, that. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been a genius promo if it were like, you know, the belt finally came up and they teased it all the way to October, and you know, yeah. pick a name. You know, John Moxley has it, or yeah. um, somebody else that we. Yeah, I mean, that's a great way to. That's just a ready-made uh, storyline. To open the show, Chris Jericho is pissed because he doesn't, you know, instead of just having like they're not the respect he deserves, somebody literally stole his belt. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and also, too, now I think about this, like, Hangman, I don't think, so the reason why Hangman is not the champion is because Hangman is not globally marketable. But I think for the sake of his, the you know, the Bullet Club and AW fans that know him and appreciate him and, and so forth, I think that working the hill works easier to get people um, some type of reaction. If Hangman call was, you, you it's would what? Hangman, it's not that he's not ready yet. Obviously, yeah. if it were Hangman versus you know, well Jericho or um, Kenny Omega or Moxley, mm-hmm. those are arguably bigger names. Mm-hmm. But you have to make a name, right? And so I think they could have done that. Right, and that's, that's that's my thing. I think like if, if Hangman was in the position here for say he was the one that stole it to create some type of storyline with him, it w- it would have been great. And also, I think it also would have been fair just for Hangman because of the original storyline with him and Pac kind of got fizzled because of you know Pac situation, or whatever. Um, I think this is a very a very pivotal way to like make him also still really relevant for the main for the main event picture, which they have him in because I don't foresee. Hangman being in Jericho's picture come television tapings. I mean, no, Jericho's I mean, the champ. Go ahead. No, uh, Pac already came in and uh, ran in on his backstage interview during the media scrum and I had some words with uh, Adam Page. Yeah. So it's clear that that's the direction they're going to go in. Oh, okay, I didn't even see that. So, yeah, okay. he, uh, Adam Page is about to give an interview. 
And then he was, you know, about maybe two minutes in before his first question was asked. And mm-hmm. um, Pac came in and said, you know, I came back to uh, say that I'm going to do whatever the hell I damn well please. And mm-hmm. then threw a water bottle at him. And then, you know, he was escorted out. Okay. It's, okay. it's clear that's where they're going to go. Yeah. I don't know. So, like, wait, are we going to, like, I, well, first of all, thank you for your explanation of how you think the belt was lost. Because I was definitely thoroughly confused. But I think what you said makes <laughs> I was like, how does that happen? Like, for real. But I, I definitely do think that the soda on top of the car scenario is the most feasible situation of how this happened. And, and uh, especially especially if you mix in the factor of Jericho's had a bit of the bubbly and he's messing around with his bag and he takes it out and sets it down <laughs> up there and puts some other, you know, he's rearranging stuff and then throws his bag in the car and just jumps in the car and forgets like, oh, wait. $30,000 is on the roof of the car and then the limo yeah. driver just drives off, you know, well, I mean, yeah. you know, like, you know, how like the, um, famous and revered the Longhorn Stankhouse is. And, you know, you just, there's just so much going on. The paparazzi are everywhere. Uh, you, you get around to valet and whatever, uh, you know, second tier strip mall, the Longhorn Steakhouse is in. And then you go, take me to my private jet. It's easy to overlook the fact that you're, Championship belt is missing. I can understand that. Yeah, hopefully this. Uh, some... Hopefully this gives uh, Tony Khan and them uh, some, some some a little nudge to to do the WWE setup where it's like you get the replicas that you have the guys take with them, but the fancy belts, the nice ones, those stay with the truck. Those yeah. those travel with the company and don't get like sent out on the road <laughs> for this yeah. kind of stuff. Or definitely up that insurance policy on it <laughs> ASAP. Because <laughs> we see day one how reckless it can get with your most, you know, with the the your biggest vet on the roster. And God, is he responsible? Also, uh-oh, oh, it might be losing a. Two chains for a little bit there. I was gonna say, how long? How long before MJF makes a reference to this? During if it's not against Jericho, he might do like a wink, wink promo when he's cutting on somebody else. You know, make make a Longhorn Steakhouse joke or something. How long before (laughs) MJF does that? As soon as possible. (laughs) As as soon as he's as soon as he's sniffing the title picture, I'm sure we'll be getting stuff like that. Because once well, that happened, I would, he was the one person I thought of um, uh, that could take advantage of it and be tongue in cheek and still get heat for it. Yeah. Well, now that we're so now we got the, the the whole mystery of the AEW title solved. Let's kind of backtrack a little bit to the to the show itself. So we, they made Jericho the first champion. What 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 are what are uh, what's everyone's feelings on that? Because I'm honestly kind of torn on the idea of Jericho as the first champs. I thought it kind of, it sets kind of a weird precedent for the uh, company that's been hanging its hat on being, we're not WWE to out of the gate be like a WWE guy is our first champion. Right. And, and, well, and to that effect also, sorry, Jamal, um, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So for me, as, as a former WWE diehard, you know, like Everybody complains about part-timers and old-timers getting the push in WWE and then the fans of AEW from day one, like you said, well, counterculture 
of WWE. And the first thing they do is put it on a 48-year-old dad bod times five, <laughs> bubbly drinking, backhand throwing, Judas punching, old school guy that can't fit in his leather pants as their <laughs> first champion. Oh, you're going harder than I was. <laughs> really? So that's the bright idea. And, and I get how you're torn. But on, my, on the other hand, from a business standpoint, from a, we're launching a, a brand to a global national audience, right. no one knows who Adam Page is for the most part. So who we're going to get? Well, we can't use Cody because he's not the one that's, you know, he's kind of like the head of this. So we're not going to put it on him. That's too easy. We can't do Kenny Omega because it's the same thing. Not everybody outside of New Japan knows Kenny Omega. MJF, who? Sean Spears, nah. Who else did you have? To get this off the ground, had to be old man Jericho. Nobody else. I I, I want to uh, agree with I agree with the general sentiment um, about how it's a better business decision to put the belt on Jericho. Nobody's going to dispute that. His name is Chris Jericho. He's you know been wrestling for like thirty years. Um, <laughs> there isn't no. I mean, like seriously, he has, yeah, and then there real, isn't yeah. that, like that an era. Laugh, yeah. Um, there isn't an era in like modern wrestling history that doesn't really include, not include Chris Jericho, whether it's uh, old school WCW, whether it's the Lionheart era days of ECW, or a great run in WWE with one of the more um, uh, interesting or iconic, uh, rather interesting, um, said it again, um, inductions of all time where the whole Y2J came to pass on Raw. Uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, a wrestling Hall of Famer, not just WWE. But if you're going to go the distance with Adam Page, then go the distance. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that because he's a younger, you know, you know, Chris Jericho. But the problem is, is not with Jericho winning the belt or Adam Page losing the belt. Jericho's still going to be Jericho regardless. Adam right. Page needs this win. Build the build his stock to build his uh, characteristics um, to put him up to that level. The Bucks don't need it. Cody doesn't need it. Uh, Kenny doesn't need it. Jericho doesn't need it. Adam Page that this would be the rub of rubs. And if he did, and if he uh, takes the ball and fumbles it, then he'll be a mid Carter for the rest of his life. But for, it seems like. Uh, for whatever reason, they decided to like bet the farm on Adam Page, and rightfully so. For a guy his size and his move sets and his athleticism, uh, it's it's largely unprecedented. Um, because I don't see Dolph, Dolph Ziggler doing a standard shoot and star press off the ring apron. They're about the same size. I'm not seeing Billy Gunn do that. He's a little bit taller. So yeah, bet the farm on Adam Page. But if you're going to commit, you actually have to commit. And then they mm-hmm. go and they do the thing and they bring it to Jericho. But the, so that's the first problem. The second problem is the build to the match wasn't sexy enough. I mean, this is like the first, this, no, not, not like, this is the first AEW championship match. This is the first AEW champion. I'm getting more of an impression that the goddamn referee made better, bigger history than Jericho did. Because that was an, another narrative that came out of the championship match that was like a, you know, first female to um, officiate a championship match. My God, history being made. 
women's revolution and, and such. It, it just seems to that whole deal, and I, I think this is, has to do with the lack of TV. Um, there really wasn't a story there between Jericho and Adam Page. Unfortunately, neither of them cut really great promos. Um, you know, they were really lackluster leading in, and they only had like two over the course of you know two months between the last pay per view and and this one. So. The whole thing was kind of just not really built correctly by giving me the impression that this is a main event. And then they had to follow everything else in the car, which is fantastic. <laughs> the, so, the escalator's I mean, hell ladder match. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you, there's no way in the hell that I don't give a damn what the thing for. It could have been Jesus versus Santa Claus. And if they had to follow that ladder match, I don't know. It's going to take, it's, it, you, nobody's following that. So, does it have to close the show? It does. It's the first ever championship match. But it has to follow the ladder match. It has to follow the Cody Spears match, which is fantastic. It has to follow the card. And there's no way in the hell they didn't build that match big enough to end the show. That was like, if it, they, they could have said it was, this is a double main event. And that match would have had more meaning. But it's like, after that ladder match, you go like, oh yeah, this is... I guess we're going to advertise that, because the show is officially over. The buck shut it down. So, bad luck for for Adam Page, uh, and I really hope that this full gear thing that they're doing in Baltimore next month, um, not next month, but in November, um, I really hope that they actually start with building him as a character, because if he's the second coming of AEW, um, then they really need to get the ground uh, running on him, because he's already starting off with a loss. A big yeah. loss. Yeah, that that was kind of where I and as I talked about it in the last couple days, that's kind of where I ended up feeling on the on the whole main event scenario. That night I wasn't all along I kind of had a feeling I was like, oh, they're probably gonna go with Jericho. It makes like I said, it makes the most sense business wise, but it it's not an exciting option as far as like the launching of a brand and stuff like that. Um the thing that got me is like I said. If you're going to put Adam Page in this situation, which was definitely for him, it was the first time he's ever been put in a main event scenario, big, huge spotlight like this. If you're going to do it and take it this far, it's like you're you're having him run all the way right down there to the darn end zone, but then they didn't let him score the touchdown. And that how they're going to let him recover from that is going to be really interesting now because they let him get so darn close. But then they didn't pull the trigger at the last darn second. And what I kept going back to, which you kind of touched on, Jamal, was that like Jericho is a huge name. Everyone knows who he is, who knows wrestling. He's been around forever, but he didn't need the belt. Putting the belt on Jericho doesn't add anything to Chris Jericho. I think probably the idea is like, well, hopefully it helps get the belt over, you know, and gives us a, a, a notable champion to start with. But. Chris Jericho, I think, is just as valuable to AEW whether or not he's champion. I don't think he needed the belt to be a valuable asset to East to AEW when they start TV. So personally, I, I was leaning towards I was like, if you're not gonna do him, I, I think the next A and B choices would probably either be Kenny or uh, Cody, since uh, Moxley was out of the picture and wasn't an option with his injuries. But I, I don't know how how they follow this up on TV now. 
is going to be really interesting in a lot of ways between with how the title picture is handled and then how everything's handled with Hangman coming out of this. How much influence do you think TNT has in this? Good question. I'm going to go a little. Do they have a little go. or a lot? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with little. Um, I, I think the AEW, for what it's worth, knows what their storylines are, um, and this this has been long term booking that they're seeing through. Whether we agree with it or not, this isn't like we're not hearing reports of uh, somebody ripped up the uh, storyline before the script just before they went on air or anything like that. Uh, I think they definitely have a plan. Uh, full gear is the next pay per view, uh, which will be what six weeks into into television, about uh, five yeah. or six weeks into television, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously a reference to Adam Page. So they're definitely telling a long term story. And even if they didn't, maybe Luck has just been on this side because they lose Moxley. But I'd be damned if uh, you know Pop didn't show up like in a teleporter right there immediately. <laughs> um, so I don't as you know, it's part luck, part skill, but they definitely have a storyline in place that they are running through and they definitely have pressed play on. Um, it doesn't seem to be nearly as erratic as the main roster of WWE. Okay, so let, let me throw this on you since we had some breaking news right before uh, we went to air here. Um, AEW announced what the main event of Full Gear is going to be, who Jericho's first challenger for the title is going to be in Baltimore at the beginning of November. Now I'm assuming since we haven't brought it up yet that you guys haven't seen it yet. Who do you think, who do we think is going to be Jericho's first opponent? Cause I think it's to me, this is an interesting move that they're making right out of the gate. Mosley. Sean Spears. Not Moxley. Damn. I, I, I know the answer. So I have to abstain. Oh, okay. Cody. Is going to be the first up oh. for Baltimore, which to oh. me feels kind of like kind of the. I think Cody's probably the biggest card they can play as far as their hand of like guys right now. To me, mm-hmm. he's he's a hotter property than Kenny right now, mm-hmm. and Moxley obviously they don't need to do Moxley yet because the whole injury thing, and he's going to take on Kenny Omega. So to me, when I heard Cody, I was kind of like, oh damn, really? I was kind of thinking they might hold back on that and not play that card right away because it leaves me in a position where I'm thinking, well, damn, who do you do after Cody then? Right. Cody kind of feels like the big ace outside of Jericho in my mind right now, just from the first couple shows they've ran. But I don't well, know. to be fair, we don't know how many pay-per-views they're going to do a year. Um, if if this is if this one is the last one, and let's assume that it is, that is what five that they did uh, this year. Do so, you count those yeah. little ones as, as pay-per-views, or are they just like Bleacher Report specials? Well, well let's, let's say that they are, because they didn't come every week. They came every eight weeks, every okay. nine weeks. So um, that, is, that is a thing. Um, and I think it does lead to the structure of what AEW pay-per-view schedule could be. Um, with that said, as far as the, have making Cody the play... If you've noticed, Chris Jericho in Chris Jericho's matches, Jericho works a very specific style. It's not necessarily unique to Jericho, but it's definitely the style that he works. So I'm not saying that he couldn't go in the ring with anybody and have a, a great match. It's just that certain people 
gel with Jericho style at 50 years old um, better than others. So it was Jericho versus Kenny. Okay, but that wasn't a typical Kenny match. It was Jericho versus uh, Hangman Page. Hangman got his spots in, but that was more of a ground and pound type of match. All of these matches kind of uh, fit Jericho. Cody's a similar wrestler in the vein of Jericho. Old school, obviously, you know, 80s, late 80s, early 90s, you know, ring psychology uh, type of thing uh, with, some, with some big spots, you know, sprinkled in between and a good building up to a good finish. I think that totally makes sense with the roster that they currently have that in order to sustain some believability that the, this person could win the belt because they could do Cody versus Sammy Guevara. Does anybody believe that Sammy have a has a snowball's chance to hell to win that match? <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's a TNT match. <laughs> but, but to be fair, though, to be fair, Cody versus Sammy Guevara will be a great match because Sammy's damn good and Jericho could wrestle anybody. But we know damn well Sammy ain't winning the, uh, winning the uh, belt. I would love to see him win a belt and make a big giant panda out of it. Oh, but, God, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, needs, it has to happen. Um, but we know that's not like really feasible. So until they get the belt off of Jericho, which honestly, I'm not going to say that I hope it happens sooner than later, but I hope that happens after the start of the new year um, to someone, to a more versatile wrestler, then, yeah, that would be great if, if they can uh, start it with Cody. And then whenever their next pay-per-view is, let's just guess and say February when they do Double or Nothing again. That's only, what, four months? Mm-hmm. Uh, three months. Uh, you know, November, December, January, uh, mid-February. So, yeah, they can make that work. They can absolutely make that work. That would give Jericho a, what, six-month reign as champion since TV, before TV started, a month into, uh, and five months into TV. They take him out at double or nothing. I mean, yeah, which is, uh, you know, their SummerSlam of wrestling shows for the year. I think they have a plan. I mean, they definitely have like an actual no BS plan. And it seems to be working to a point. So they'd be interested to see what happens. Yeah, it's just it's just the the big wild card is just what happens once t- weekly TV comes into the mix. That that's the big mystery that we're just not going to know till October and November rolls around and we see what happens on a week to week basis. With them, I figure uh, to, to wrap up the AEW All Out talk, let's let's go around the the group and uh, outside of the world. So we covered the main event. We covered Jericho. Let's let's leave Bubbly Beltgate in the distance. <laughs> other other stuff on the show that we liked. What else on the show did you like? Let's let's start with Two Chains. I, I gotta say that Nala Rose winning was the business decision uh, that needed to happen. I thought it was a good outing for her. Period. Um, and besides some, I can say what controversial stuff happening within the ring with two other particular wrestlers, I think oh, overall, you can say it out loud, say it out loud, <laughs> B, B Presley and Sadie Gibbs. Yeah. Without them having some personal issues in the ring outside of that, I thought as much as I do not like battle Royals, I thought that this one did set a good precedence. Uh, for what they want to do with the women's division. Also, big shout out to Big Swole getting way over with the fans. Oh, hell I yeah. was thoroughly happy about that. So, 
I'm good. But yeah, Nala Rose was the right decision going into DC uh, for the uh, the debut show for television, Hometown. So right booking, but not just the right business booking and, and it just being whatever. I thought she just had an overall good outing in the match, period. So I, I like the whole decision with that. I think for me, the two things that stand out, and one of them is because I kind of brought it up last week, that certain tag team from Impact showing up all at the, at the end of the ladder match. Uh, what Proud and powerful, I'm, I guess that's what they're going with. PNP for now, formerly known as LAX, uh, appearing at the end of the ladder match to jump on the Lucha Brothers, which made me ecstatic because they, they pulled off the Dead Presidents type mask, for those that remember <laughs> that movie. And to just to see them in like their... I guess the street gear, the SWAT gear, I was just like, yep, that's about right. So that's one. And then number two, I'm glad Pac actually showed up and there was no visa issues and they worked it out. And as they say, Pac don't travel to put people over. So the fact that he went over surprised no one. But at the same time, they had a good match by all indications. So you know what I give I give credit to Kenny and Pac for putting on a short, you know, short notice match when he probably was training for Moxley. Pac was like, "Well, I was going to have a day off, but guess not." So here we go, and they put on a good match. So those were two uh, two highlights, and and a third minor highlight is just knowing that uh, Mercedes Martinez just randomly showed up at a battle royal because you you want to see people like that who have been grinding for so long get a spot. And you would think like by now she probably would be a trainer at NXT or just be doing the, you know, the route of just the seminars. But getting that pop at the end with the wild card thing, which I think is stu- or the joke or whatever it is, it's dumb. But at the same time, she got a pop. A lot of people who you didn't expect to get pops during the show did. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are probably the most two most over people and by accident. And I like it. So those are my main takeaways from the uh from the event <laughs> the giant crab what you got for me jamal um yeah i absolutely hate the uh the casino battle royale but uh i do like the fact that you know today dashwood is somehow uh like i thought she signed with impact does impact know like she's she on a, up she's on, on a uh appearance basis for impact oh okay okay that makes more sense then but yeah, I like the surprises in the um, uh, the Casino Battle Royale. However, because of the way they come out in groups of five, it doesn't have a, anyone to get their chance for a big entrance. Um, so when they announce five names, it's like, wait a minute, I know one of those five. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, always good to see Jazz. Um, I, it's always good to see uh, Awesome Kong. Big Swole was amazing. Um, I really thought, I mean, Sadie Martinez is like, yeah, that's, that was a good uh, surprise as well. Um, another thing that I like, uh, Rio versus Hikaru Shida was absolutely the match that I wanted to see. Um, it was my favorite match of the night, and I really hope that they continue to bring in more uh, you know, Japanese women uh, you know, for their matches. I just don't, I wish they weren't as uh, seemingly segregated. Uh, as, as they seem to be, where the Japanese women, they kind of have their own thing in their own little corner, and they'll put on this one very specific match. So Hikaru Shida lost. Okay, cool. Why can't she play a face Britt Baker next? Or why can't she face, you know, uh, the Librarian next? 
Why is the librarian still again? How much, how much um, of that is a language barrier, you think, Jamal? Well, it's wrestling. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure, uh, you know, how, I don't think, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I think that if you're working a, uh, a wrestling match, I think the fundamentals, you should be able to go through and get that down and tell a story in a decent way. But obviously, the story has to mean something instead of just throwing these girls out there just to show. Like, okay, here's your Japanese match. Go. You get eight minutes. That's not what I want. But so if, if all things matter if the story uh, makes sense. SCU continues to impress. Um, Scorpio Sky may actually have the best uh, plancha uh, right now. Um, he gets, I don't know how the hell he jumps that high. Luchasaurus is a star. Um, Jungle Boy is a star. Marco Stunt agrees that Lucha Boy, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are stars. <laughs> uh, I, I do like the fact that the, I, okay, so I like the fact that the uh, pay-per-view had a lot of different things to watch if the um if the three-way cracker barrel clash turns your stomach cool then you can go watch the japanese match yeah okay cool if you like the old school nwa stuff then that cody versus Sean spears match was right up your alley and sean and uh not sean but Arn anderson he still got it he still got um, his spine. he'll never lose that man he'll never lose that hope jordan grace is taking notes um <laughs> <laughs> the Lucha Brothers versus uh, Pentagon and um, I'm sorry, the Lucha versus versus the Young Bucks was a different type of match that wasn't that uh, different from the three way uh, match that we saw earlier. Just so many different styles of wrestling on the show. It, it really is just a mixed bag, and there's really something for everybody. Our yeah, Private Party showed up really strong on the pre-show. That that tag match I thought was. Did a good job of kind of wash because the battle royal it had rough spots in it. There was a lot of rough spots in that battle royal, and it the hell I think it helped that they had the battle royal, and then they had private party against Jack Evans and um oh my god what's his name Angelico right Angelico there you go I'm like I can picture the guy right there yeah Angelico and Jack Evans that that was a fun tag match to put on the pre-show that hopefully uh sold them some extra buys and yeah I like I really dug that as like. The last, because the pre-shows have been rough on those last couple shows they've done. This, as far as the pre-shows, I think they've put on the air. This was the most polished one they, I think, they've done so far. So that was some nice improvement. Um, what Jamal was just talking about with the women's division kind of being, you know, segregated as far as like you have like a Joshi match and then they have, you know, some other matches like with Britt Baker and them. I'm hoping that will change once we get to the weekly TV because they really need to flesh out what this women's division is. So we'll get the champion crown on the first episode here in DC. And then you would hope that after that, we'll be getting women's matches every week going forward. So I think that's really that first month can hopefully be when they'll, they'll start to really flesh out what their women's division is, what their actual vision for a women's division in AEW is going to be. And we'll get an idea of who they're picturing as like their top faces. Other than, I mean, we know they got Britt Baker, they got Brandy kind of in the mix. They got awesome Kong. But it's like who, who really are like they're who are they really intending to build around between the Joshi girls Kay. and the more American girls they have in the mix. It's, it's kind of, you know, back and forth there as far as that goes. Who, who's Kay, trying to can jump we in? talk about, can we talk about the elephant in the room week two? Uh -oh. 
the person you absolutely build around is apparently not on the roster anymore, and it's Kylie Ray. And I oh. think that <laughs> her departure, if it is indeed true, if the internet is true. Well, Tony um, said it. She's gone. Oh, oh, that's right. That did, that did come out. That's right. Yeah. I think that hurts because that is the person you wanted, you wanted to build and brand around. There's no better person in wrestling I've ever met than Kylie Ray. That is sincere, hardworking, and is genuine in and out of the ring. And I think, like uh, I talked about last week, her injury was really untimely. There was rumors she was going to go into the Mae Young Classic and and progress far to it in the stamp, which is going to give her, obviously, a really big platform on its own. But, you know, things happen. Injuries happen. But the AW signing was absolutely the second coming, second blessing for her. So everything came full circle. I mean, again, she just graduated. And, again, I think she's genuinely one of the best people in and out of the ring I've ever met in professional wrestling. And I know if I see that as a fan, I know somebody as a business person sees that alongside of her skill set, what she represents, is somebody you want to build around. I sincerely feel with her absence on that roster, definitely sent plans in this world. And I think now, I think there's going to be a lot of questions being answered within the, you know, the next couple of weeks on wh- who's going to be the next person. But I think Kylie Ray was absolutely the person that was absolutely going to... We, we, it wouldn't even be for, for debate right now as to what the women division was because it was going to be behind Kylie Ray and uh, and hill and big hills chasing her. Yeah, that's I'm a really good res- point. I'm going to respectfully disagree because I think Bailey Ray sucks. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, uh, I, I I'm not convinced that her her gimmick as a smiling goofball is going to translate well for TV. I think it's you know kind of like a, a one trick pony. Uh, her wrestling is good, and I can't take that away from her. But I'm not sure that she's a person that I want to build an entire women's division around. Um, is she charismatic? Well, yeah. possibly. I mean, if, if, you, if you're just looking at women's wrestling because they're cute, then sure. Um, but is, he, is she a person that I would want to actually watch, pay money to see, and buy merch? No. Not for really you, but for I think maybe for the kids. Also, yeah, too, also, also, too, she also had, I mean, she had an identity crisis. She had to lose the, the, the Pokemon thing. And so when she was first introduced into uh, AW, obviously, there was not that, which the Pokemon thing easily goes over. But, you know, from seeing her seeing her on uh, being elite and even seeing her up, up, down, down, um, I think that there is enough charisma in her that if they can land the right gimmick, you know, and she's still fairly, you know, she was still fairly new in the wrestling. Um, and you're absolutely right. The wrestling is is top tier amongst anybody um, that was a free uh, agent at the time. But with the right toolage above her, I think they can nail the gimmick right. But the look and I think the ring work and, and everything else, the professionalism of them, I, I think it's absolutely the safe, the safe bet. I mean, it's yeah. almost... I think no. it's almost as safe as, as picking, you know, a, a trouble uh, a, a troubled star quarterback in, in the NFL. When you say, I know this person has the tools, but maybe they had some problems running within 
college, but with the right overhead coaching staff and stuff around him, we can absolutely polish this person to be uh, the superstar he is, i.e. Cam Newton, the uh, MVP, who, you know, had trouble in college. But, again, you get the right people around him, the right coaching staff, and so forth, you make it work. I um, think, she was, I think she's Cam Newton go to, like, a top-tier SEC school and win a he national to, championship? Auburn. He went he went to Florida at first. That didn't work. He went to Auburn. He went to Auburn. Had trouble in Auburn, especially uh, in, 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 you know, stuff with his dad and so forth. But overall, got to Carolina, um, and they put him on really strict provisions once he first got signed. And a couple of years later, MVP and, and appearance at the Super Bowl. So I think it's one of those type of things where, you know, if you get around the right people, you can make it work. And how this compares to wrestling is that, you know that she can do the ring work. She's had the, you know, under coming out of Booker T's camp. You know she can do it. You know that, you know, she's, uh, you know, the Pokemon gimmick work on the indies. That's not going to be able to be worked. You can't use that for AW. But you put the right coaching and uh, and veterans preference above her, and you make it work. And I think she's absolutely somebody, you know. And, and again, like, let's just not say, you know, she came out of Booker T's camp. But she came out of Booker T's camp. So you know there's, like, a legit prestige with that responsibility and professionalism with that and yeah I, uh past uh you know past endeavors does not uh, equate to future gains and honestly when i see a gimmick like Callie ray uh i think of apollo cruz uh currently jordan miles currently bailey or or before before this past week uh bailey and that's something that they could work for a while but unless you continuously reinvent yourself that definitely loses steam for me. And obviously, since AEW isn't trying to appeal to the uh, 1 to 101 crowd like WWE is, they're trying to appeal to a very specific audience. Um, I, I'm just not seeing how this gimmick works as it translates to TV over time. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that it can't. I just don't see how it could. And her being gone, uh, her walking out of the company, basically, isn't like the end of the world. Um, I think the match that they're going to have uh, in DC between uh, Nala Rose and uh, Rio is going to be very interesting. Um, that's probably the most interesting thing on the show so far. Uh, you know, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, because how the hell are they going to pull that off? Um, yeah, the, the the dynamic of that match is like troubling in that you have Nyla Rose in her hometown which you would think would put her in a babyface position. But when you look at them, it's a David and Goliath match, and that's going to make her a heel. Right. So it's like the, 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 it's a weird layout for that match in a lot of ways. And I'm not sure how – seeing the reaction of that match between – since we'll all be there in the building, being there live for it, and then how it comes across on TV and how it's received online – it's going to be really interesting to see, to see the different takes on that match because the way the dynamic of it is kind of all over the map in a lot of ways. Right. And I, and I think, honestly, uh, until uh, somebody brought it up that, that Callie Ray was missing from the AEW roster and, and wondered why she took a so extended leave of absence, uh, between everything else that they had going on, the uh, Women's Battle Royal and the upcoming matches and Joshi matches, uh, I kind of forgot about her anyway. But this uh, is all based on the fact that personally, she does not do it for me. So so a couple of things, and just to wrap up the Kylie Ray thing. I, so to say, like, you kind of forgot about her, I think for me, 
on that note, it's because like I really don't, I can't really um, familiarize myself with who's that roster. Is it still new? And as far as the longevity in television, um, I agree. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, for starters, in and when I say for starters, not just starters for this television, but for starters for this woman's division, I think she's absolutely your token child. I thought she was your token child for it. And um, at least for me, uh, when it comes to the signings that they made for that division, she's within that one of the biggest for sure. Uh, but yeah, because yeah, they hyped it up at they hyped it up at the introductory press conference, having yeah, her sign. They're, so mm-hmm, they're totally aware of that, and they also know that that was a steal from WWE because she was absolutely on their radar. So, uh, but yeah, for longevity to sustain. Her, her, her gimmick to sustain that division? Yeah, I do agree. Like, that, I do not think that that, that, that works for years to come. Um, and, 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 you know, you cross that road when you get there. But for right now, as far as the summon of the presence on television, I think, is, I think she's just, was just the per- perfect person. But for and the I reasons... Think, I think also that that show, the fact that we've spent about 10 minutes debating the Kylie Ray thing shows the dearth of, even though there's female talent on the roster, but a standout aside from Nyla Rose, yeah. that we've there's spent 10 star. minutes talking about that. Yeah, there's no now, now, now to be to be fair, though, to be fair, and, and to add some context to that statement, if, if uh, Dear Two Chains wouldn't have brought her up, would anybody have? I wouldn't have. Okay. Thank you. And again, I think it's just because you don't familiarize yourself with who is really on that roster. Like, right. we just said the biggest star of the Battle Royal was Big Swole, but she's not, she's not signed. No, no, no. Or, you said that. Or, you or, said that. We didn't say that. Well, okay. Okay. Well, Big Swole. Yeah, conspicuously, the internet drops oh, out. I'm <laughs> Britt Baker here. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, nobody's screaming big, big breaker here. So like, you know, because she lost. I, I mean, that, that, that's why. I mean, she she lost. And and number one, you know, selfishly, Nala Rose is coming home to potentially win the championship. For us personally, that's <laughs> one of the biggest storylines that that's that's going on right now. Fair. Nobody else outside of the Beltway gives a shit. But I'm saying, <laughs> like, for us, Nala Rose is coming home, uh, and she's and she's you know, to vie for the championship versus. Yep. Uh, yeah, versus Riho. <clears throat> so, so it's not really about anybody else. I mean, yeah, the battle royal happened. It was good to see Jazz. You know, she still got it. I definitely want to know how awesome Kong is going to play into this women's division. There are a lot of questions. But topic number one, bullet point A, is how the hell is Rio beating Alla Rose on any given day <laughs> of the week legitimately? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Right. Yeah. That's that's all I got for AEW stuff. So that's, I, I want to do a quick segue uh, and and part of my intrusion here. But I, I, Jamal mentioned you know the the gimmicks that won't last, and and I feel like this is the perfect segue to address a similar character to, to Kylie Ray that yes may have done a 180 perhaps mm-hmm. or maybe just a few degrees off, and Bailey showing her allegiance to Sasha and not wanting to be in the background as she put it uh this whole storyline and, and I can't wait to get everybody's opinion this storyline is like the reverse Becky Lynch storyline from SummerSlam last year where Becky felt overshadowed by Charlotte and now we have two of the other horsewomen who have felt overshadowed for whatever reason 
and now this is becoming another full circle storyline. Well, yeah, no, think, that, that, go ahead. No, I think that's, that's a great way to put it, and mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what I really liked about things on Monday and then the follow up on Tuesday with this whole ba- this whole new attitude for Bailey. Of course, yeah, the internet immediately exploding, like, oh, it's a heel turn. Bailey turned heel, and right away I was just kind of like, well, wait a second. Did she necessarily really turn heel or is she just loyal to Sasha to like a fault even, you know, it's like, is it really a heel turn? Is it more Sasha playing puppet master and Bailey being, you know, loyal to her friend that left and is now back since they've never totally gone all the way down that road with them splitting up. They've, they've teased it before a year ago, but they never went all the way with it. Um, I really liked the promo on on SmackDown that Bailey cut, where she really like, tried to make it like, you know, look, I'm 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 doing this for 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 everyone that's like frustrated and like you know, I, I don't want to be like you said, I don't want to be overlooked anymore, and I, I'm the ch- SmackDown Women's Champion, and I, I thought the promo on SmackDown was really great in playing up that whole she thinks what she's doing is right, so the motivation for her is great. And I hope they stay that route. Cause I mean, the, if you want to call it a heel turn, you can, and, but you could also twist it in other ways. Say, Oh no, she's not being a heel. She's just, she's Bailey's just doing what she needs to do to get hers. Just like Becky did what she needed to do to get hers. So the other, and of course the other elephant in the room here is with Sasha and Becky turn and ba- Bailey and uh, Sasha teaming up is you still have Bailey taking on Charlotte and Night of Champions, and you have Charlotte in the mix. So it's slowly turning into putting Charlotte into a face position. So you could totally do a tag match with Becky and Charlotte against Bailey and Sasha if they want to head that route down the down the road. But it's yeah, it's putting everyone in a new position and then a lot of it, it freshens everybody up. Sasha's back with with a, with a ton of fire. Bailey gets a new attitude. Charlotte gets a new coat coat of paint on her just because of everyone else around her being cast in a different light. I think it balances everyone out in a lot of different ways and freshens up like that women's division on top in a really nice way. How does this all play out? Like, I definitely see, I definitely see how this works now. But like, what is the end game here? Uh, six-man tag match. Holla, 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 holla. <laughs> <laughs> I think this leads to a tag match at Survivor Series, no? I mean, if, that's if what I want to say, but, like, is, it, is, if, is that really it? If, if they were doing Evolution again this year, that would have been the main event. A yeah. tag match with, like, the four of them. That, mm-hmm. that would have been your main event for Evolution, I would think. But since we're not getting Evolution 2... So that's off the table. Yeah, probably Survivor Series is probably the destination you go to to do a blow off with all of them. And then where do you go from there? I'm not sure. I mean, the, 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 the interesting thing to watch right now will be how they develop Bailey's character in the weeks coming out of this. They got, I mean, they got Sasha white hot. So do they take the title off of Becky? Do they keep the title, the SmackDown title on Bailey? And then, of course, once we get to October and we have the rumors of a possible another draft happening and more stringent divides in the roster again once the Fox launch happens. How does that play into things? Are they going to keep 
two of them on each. Are they gonna are they gonna keep intermingling them? How 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 are they gonna do this whole deal with these ladies? Because yeah, two of them on one brand and two of them on the other. Yeah, I think the problem, uh, well, a problem I have with WWE's uh, women's division, well, I guess the whole damn roster, is that the men's um, storylines seem to be based on how they're fighting for their family because they're providers, and then there's somebody who's threatening their family because oh, they have families, and we can't forget about the family. And then all <laughs> the women are friends, and friendship is important because you beat friends the power you're friendly with because they're friends. How many of us have them? Friends. Ones we can depend on. So I'm kind of sick of seeing these same storylines getting rehashed and repackaged and then rehashed again. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Well, they're friends until they're not. But is she really their friend? I don't know. Let's find out. But they're definitely friends right now. And, you know, who cares? So I'm really <laughs> hoping that they, you know, go a different way with it, but it doesn't seem like it because what did Bailey do? Oh, that's right. They're friends. That's what the whole deal is. That's what everything is based on. You're either, I'm a male, so I'm a provider. So I, that, I have to look out for my family. That was literally Kevin Owens' introduction to WWE. And then everybody else's uh, your female relationship is based on friendship because that's so important for women to be friends. The, the, so that's the biggest thing. The second thing is WWE continuously books themselves into a corner where they have to make a storyline about how shitty things are. I'm tired of being over. Where's my shot? How come I'm in this position? Keith Lee is literally screaming this right now in NXT going, hey, you're a guy that's on the come up. I've been here a year and a half and I've done jack shit. Oh, I'm Keith Lee, by the way. You never heard of me because no one has. Because I've been here a year and no one cares. That's actually his gimmick on NXT right now. And it wow. pains me. So, I mean, I, I don't understand why we're supposed to care about, you know, and I guarantee Michael Cole is just waiting to, uh, to scream at the top of his lungs. Uh, you know, fast friends, now enemies. Oh, my God, what's happening? Because the heel turn is going to come. It's the same shit. Why? And it's the same shit we are waiting for with with Mandy Rose and and Sonya Deville. The oh same. Oh my god, I can. Mm, mm. You're right, Jamal. To be mm. clear, to be to be honest, you're right. so I mean that's that's donuts are more important than chasing the women's title because donuts <laughs> friendship. I mean, Jesus, tap dancing Christ! Can we give them <laughs> something else to do? Anything else to do? Make them the 24-7 champion. But something other than the fact that they're either a father or a friend. <laughs> or you're trying to sleep with someone's husband. No. <laughs> Remember that one? Remember Mandy yeah. Rose? Oh, yeah. 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 How about they just want to be the best? How about, can we get one of those storylines? Like, I just want to beat you because I want your title. You know? Old school. Oh. See, the problem with that is, and I like what you're thinking, like where your head's at. The problem with that is WWE doesn't actually care about its titles. I know. And they have it for a while. Because what was the popular storyline on SmackDown where The Miz was Intercontinental Champion? He, how relevant he was, his, his biggest thing was how relevant he's making the Intercontinental Championship. 
And then when, or the U.S. Championship or whatever the mid-card title was that either him and John Cena had. Right. And then another storyline was, well, you don't do the work, so the title's not relevant anymore because you suck. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> You're not the booker of the show. They're literally <laughs> backstage, and, we, and the fans obviously go, well, you know he's not wrong. Brock only works eight shows a year, and he's been the championship. He's been the champion for 1,700 days. So, I mean, that, you know, he, you know, he really uh, shooting from the hip right now, Seth Rollins. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> Stop. Jamal is frustrated. Any any other thoughts on Bailey? No, damn it. I want to make sure he has to say. The only thing I got to say here is that I would be damn happy if Michael Cole went on Joe Rogan's podcast. (laughs) I just think at this point now, everything Jamal is saying is completely reinforced by the outrageous statements and storyline pushes that Michael Cole make weekly about how people are friends and family so much that (laughs) I can't wait to listen back to this podcast. I'm going to listen to this last bit (laughs) over and over again. This is a freaking hilarious. Former friends turned enemies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, what concept. We don't do that every three months. at, At some point, more and more of the WWE is going to be in Fast and Fur- in the Fast and Furious because it just fits their narrative so perfectly. Oh God, just add some crazy. cars into it, and that's exactly what it is. Friends, but we're family. So I wish you I could killed my friend, friend, but you're still family. Which <laughs> <laughs> was literally the shield. That was the shield for like their last two years. Yeah. <laughs> and I keep hearing Michael Michael Cole's voice in the back of my head, making sure that in case. No one would sleep during watching this that they are friends. They're brothers, like, over and over <laughs> and over. Jeez. Oh, my God. Yeah, I have nothing oh, else to say about that. Do we have anything else on tap for the night? The, 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 the last thing I want, the last thing I wanted to nail. One thing, Will. Uh, this is a great message, and I wish I could take credit for it, but I can't. Uh, WWE on. makes an office drama with a wrestling ring in the middle of it. That's all it is. So yeah, that, that's all it is. That's all it's ever been for the last 50 years. It's one 3,000 episode long office drama. Yep. <laughs> that's very true. It's a show about contracts. <laughs> People getting promoted or not getting promoted. <laughs> and being relegated to jobs they don't want. Yep, whether it's catering or the janitor's closet, or <laughs> I mean, it's totally it is an office drama. That is very true. Definitely, some people have said that since we tore down WWE with with, with the Bailey thing. I do want to folk. Last thing I want to talk about since we're coming up on our time, something I think they are getting right though that they have done a heck of a job with that we've touched on before. But as the weeks have progressed and we're heading towards the wrap up of it, the King of the Ring tournament I think has been absolutely banging. There have been some good matches in that tournament. I love how much they focused on it, whether it was Elias and uh, Ali on SmackDown this week. That match was, like, amazing. It might be the best match Elias has had in WWE. There's, like, some really good matches happening in that tournament for the most part. And it, I'm sh- almost shocked at how well the King of the Ring is going. As we head into, I guess we got a triple threat left, and then the semifinals on the other side this week on uh, SmackDown. 
So we're, we're almost there. We're getting down to the last couple people, and I got a sneaking feeling we might have King Corbin coming up. I am. Book it. King Corbin yeah. or die. Book That's it book it now. I call this as day one. That's when he, if it wasn't going to be um, uh, McIntyre, which I knew it wasn't going to go with that, it absolutely has to be Corbin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. People don't like Corbin. I am loving Corbin. Ever since he lost his uh, his uh, money in the bank, Corbin has been the most obnoxious, but yet perfect kill that the WWE needed. So, yeah, King Corbin, book it. You hate him for the right reasons. Yeah. And the thing that occurred to me today when I was thinking about the whole King Corbin thing, it's the perfect excuse to finally change that damn attire he's been wearing and get him out of the vest and the pants and get him new gear. You can totally make him over in some ridiculous different outfit and finally get him out of dress clothes. Is he still dressing like a uh, like a pool shark? Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's still he's still your he's still your bartender at Applebee's at three in the afternoon on a Wednesday. Uh, but I remember said, not having the long sleeves last time. So did they 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 went back to the long sleeves? I'd have to look. Because he, he was he doing the have, vest oh, with short sleeves. He might have rolled up right now. Let me yeah. look. He might have rolled up. I'd have to take a look. <laughs> Serve my margaritas there, Corbin. Go ahead. He <laughs> called him a pool shark. <laughs> <laughs> He just needs. Oh my god! Oh god! I just gotta make an announcement. When we when we have our shows, we have our discussions, and and we have our topics, and we don't rehearse anything. The topics are the topics, and we talk about it. But the biggest challenge of doing the podcast is trying to figure out figure out the title or what the show is going to be. And for a long time, for for a lot for a long time tonight, those going to be friends and family. I have just now moved Pool Shark to the top of the list, so. (laughs) <laughs> He's dressed like a pool shark. This week he was rocking the uh, wife beater look. He's doing that. He's showing off. He's showing off the tattoos again now while he's uh while he's oh, he's out there wrestling, but he's still wearing those damn tight dress pants. So he's got to get he's got to get some new tire attire out of this king gimmick when he becomes mm-hmm. King Corbin. He said pool shark. <laughs> Jamal might be on a week suspension for that one. <laughs> Let Jamal just name title name the titles of the show every week. Is that, that's not that's exactly what I think is going to start happening. Like at this rate, like he the, actually the three considerations have all came from his corner. So I think that's what's going to have to happen. But uh, yeah, fr- friends and family is definitely was was the first guest. But Pooshar has quickly made his way to the front of the line. <laughs> <laughs> And the uh, fact that he's dressed like that, he could serve Jericho the bubbly <laughs> while he's dressed like that. Are you telling me that, that Baron Corbin isn't moonlighting at a long course steakhouse oh, in Tallahassee? No, he is. Come on now. He's making that, he made that extra strong for Jericho to lose that title. That's who was doing the bartending back then. He was going to be dialing up Vince later that night and be like, you won't believe what got left behind here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing it on Monday. You can throw it in the trash can. Yeah, yeah he just gets one text message from our 203 area code. It's good shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, well, we is there, is there anything this, else, gentlemen? Yes, anything else? One thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, NXT Cardiff was yes. really, really good, especially the main event was holy. Okay, I know for a while Tyler Bate was on the doghouse for whatever reason when he was kind of going between like shows. 
But my God, man, the the match him and Walter put on, the, I, I, I was speechless at the end of it. I had nothing to say. It was that good. Yeah, that was a heck of a main event. My only complaint on it was it went a little long going into that 40-minute range. But, I mean, that's every NXT main event these days now. They're stuck in that, like, 35 to 45-minute range for their main events. But as far as just stiff, tight work and, you know, a a great David versus Goliath scenario with just Walter just mauling the (laughs) hell out of Tyler Bate and no matter what he would do, Bait would just not give up and come back and pull out some crazy ass move out of his bag of tricks. That match was amazing. And honestly, I should probably watch it again and give it a second viewing. And also on that show that that's the, the tag title match. That was tremendous. Also, and else and Cesaro and dragon off that whole, that whole show was just that afternoon. That was a killer show. That was a great show. That's definitely something. If you, if you did not see it last Saturday with everything else going on, uh, that is worth firing up your network subscription to take out to check out Takeover Cardiff. That was a banging show for sure. Um, yeah, uh, Walter versus Tyler Bate may be the greatest match of 2019 that nobody saw. Damn, that's a good point that nobody saw except for no like one us. saw that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like us and like 500 people in Cardiff, Wales. Yeah. But like, I mean, no, it was it was a hell of a match. Uh, you know, 42 minutes long. Um, this is, I mean, Cesaro was good. Norm Dar is amazing. I mean, the, the whole show from top to bottom was as good as NXT has ever produced, uh, period. Mm-hmm. But nobody, nobody saw it though. Just, just, just real quick too. Do you think they're going to start pulling more talent from the main yes. rosters to NXT? I mean, we got Cesaro, we got Balor, uh, who may be next? Um, Maybe McIntyre, the next one, um, because also that Cesaro match was was nuts. Uh, but like, but it it brought eyes, it brought a storyline. Do you think they're going to continue to keep doing that? Uh, I think definitely with the Wednesday show happening, it, it'll happen. We might. I don't know if we'll get it every week, but I could definitely see some guest spots, some people showing up just to put on like a crazy match. And yeah, like, like we like we've discussed. Once this Wednesday show starts on USA. Getting on NXT becomes a lateral move. It's no longer a demotion. It's just as much exposure as anything else they got going on. So I, who knows if they'll go if they'll play that card right away? But I definitely think it's it's on the table and it's a very real possibility. I would say to be fair, uh, we, we we're currently talking about NXT UK um, and not the uh, NXT Florida. So if you are on the NXT UK uh, main roster, uh, know this. Your show only exists to spite the British wrestling team. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. Uh, it was put out there uh, because World of Sport was going to be a thing. It turned out to not really be a thing. Um, other mid-major uh, indie promotions, such as your ICW, Progress, OTT, and such, and the British Isles, are on the rise and garnering a number of attention. Uh, Progress doing shows in the U.S., uh, WXW from Germany doing shows in Canada earlier this year. Uh, you know, so good on you, British wrestling scene, which is being gutted by WWE and NXT UK. Uh, buried on the network. No one mentions it at all. It happens or it doesn't happen. Nobody really seems to care in the US. Cool, but it, it's only really there to spite the British wrestling scene. With that said, as far as the main uh, NXT goes from Florida, 
I don't really know what the show will evolve into. Obviously, it's a two-hour show. Does that mean that they? When do they start pushing more storylines? They can only do so much in an hour space. That space will double. When do they start filling in these in that space? Will it be after this next round of uh, this current round of TV tapings? Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Also, I expect to see Tony Storm in, in, in NXT soon. Like yep. her losing, her losing the championship is is definitely part of a bigger plan. Yeah, I, I definitely that was my first reaction to is like she's on her way to Florida. That's exactly yep. how I took that loss to Kaylee Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have. What else? Is that <laughs> it? Are we wrapping it up? Well, tonight? yeah. <laughs> I want to say one last thing, and that can be done. Uh, the the real MVP from uh, AEW's All Out was the win loss record. It actually made it to the screen. It made its little debut. It was subtle, but it was exactly what I wanted. Just that subtle change of putting their win-loss record and their win-loss record in tag matches or other specialty matches was enough of a change where if you overlooked it, it doesn't hurt anything. But if you notice that it's there, it's another bug in your ear for like continuity and storytelling. Mm-hmm. So good job for them for that. Yep. Fair point. Other than that, their production is ass, so they need to figure that out before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, one last Jamal shot comes out of nowhere with some of this stuff, man. Where you're like, yeah, we're winding down, and all of a sudden, by the way, that was ass. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, you have a job where you shoot wrestling and you miss the wrestling. I mean, oh, doesn't make jump sense. cuts were the worst. Those uh, and Will, we talked about this on, on Twitter, like the amount of people that they showed in the crowd, then they cut back to the announcers and they cut back to the crowd. And it was the yeah. same bro type wrestling fans yep. and, and uh, whoever's their camera personnel. Stop it. Just, yeah, nothing. there's as nothing. The went, as the show went on, they got better about, you could tell they were specifically looking for ladies to show, to try to get, show a different demographic. But yeah, that segment right before the pre-show ended and the main show started, that was a good like five minutes of just every stereotypical bro wrestling fan over and over and over again. And it was just like, oh my god, this is you're like sh- just hammering this home as like this is your audience. It, yeah, well, that that they got better about as the show went on, but that was a rough stretch there right before they went live. <laughs> it seemed to be more and more apparent that either the producers of the show don't know the finish. Or they do know the finish, and they're trying to do too much. Uh, right now, I have a baseball game on in the background, and we don't know what's going to happen next. So, we, so what the focus is on, it's on the players. It's also, on the ball. It's also, on the field. Also, to be fair, and, and Jamal voice, that the Battle Royal, when people were coming out, there was one particular set of people when they came out, and it did not show them. And then they know they were just in the ring. And I'm just like, so you're not going to show the entrances? Like, where's the camera guy doing right now? And then they, like, cut to the side of the ring and then to the crowd, and then it was just back in the ring. I was just like, yeah, this like is Somebody would good. do a great spot. They would cut to the end of the spot, and then more people will be introduced. They cut to the last person they get introduced, and you go, like, oh, shit, there's Jazz. And then somebody got eliminated, and then they would cut to that, but there were no replays. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad when Powerball... So, like, or, nobody's uh, telling... 
the referee, like, hey, slow down. You know, hey, uh, slow down. We need to get this cut. Okay, slow down. Okay, pick it up. Okay, five minutes. Okay. What the blue hell is going on? And they're supposed to be going into TV this way? This was this was your final game of your preseason. And you go into TV with a high school production truck. Get the fuck out of here, AEW. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it sad when independent wrestling uh, TV is put on better production than AEW for their show. Like, it is no reason why I should be watching, and, I, and I'm sitting here mildly getting a migraine from all the jerking of the camera. It makes zero sense. I think Kevin tells me that. <laughs> I might have had some of the bubbly while watching that. At least that's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> all right, is that going to do it? Are we yeah, tapping yes, out? <laughs> Jamal's got all his shots in for the week. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. But I also want to watch this game. <laughs> you gotta save some for next. Always gotta save some for next time to keep keep people coming back for more. <laughs> All right then. Well, if that is it, oh that wait, is I it. forgot real quick. Oh, well, well, Damn it! <laughs> you take us home then. Uh, you take us home. Oh, what? <laughs> you can't hear me. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like you're, you're dying. Oh, I'm sorry. Sounds I'm like sorry. I'm sorry. Sounds like you were. Sorry, in a sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, I flipped over real quick. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Real quick, real quick. Make sure uh, September 7th, the debut of uh, WoW uh, uh, Season 2 will be back on Access TV. You definitely want to check that out. Check out all the material on the YouTube channel uh, from the press conference call with uh, with Till Piper, Dave McClain, um, interview with San Diego Comic-Con, and as well as uh, the review for Episode 1 already. Review, more more like preview because there's no spoilers in it. Um, but, but yeah, WoW returns back to Access TV September 7th for their second season. It is starting off um, starting off immediately after what happened in the, uh, the stakes of uh, season one. And it's uh, absolutely some really quality match. And, um, uh, and match qualities and storylines being built. So you definitely want to check that out as it returns September 7th as part of their Sunday Night Slam with other things, including New Japan and uh, some MMA action as well. So, yeah. All right, we'll close it out. All right, all right. We got our wild plugs in for the yeah. for the ladies coming back. We got everybody got to tune on that and see uh, what's up with uh, Tessa Blanchard holding the championship now because she's got a lot of people gunning for her in uh, mm-hmm. episode one. So mm-hmm. exciting things coming from Wild Superheroes. Uh, yeah, we got another week done here. We'll be back next week to see uh, the aftermath of a. Uh, I guess it'll be the build to clash of champions <laughs> next week, mm-hmm. and uh, whatever else we got going on with. Of course, tomorrow the t- tickets will go on sale for uh, Baltimore for Woo! Full Gear for AEW. So another it could be another ticket uh, disaster tomorrow at noon. <laughs> <laughs> so we may be uh, reporting on that. As that, that that's about to go down again, since AEW's ticket sales are always a uh, a story unto themselves, <laughs> that is for sure. But check everything out. Of course, you got the website biggoldbelt.com for the Big Gold Belt group. We have all that on there, and of course, all of us here. We got two chains. We got Jamal the Giant Crab, and of course, the salty one, Damian, coming in strong to everyone with the strong opinions tonight. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I hope everyone enjoyed it. It was a lot to cover this week with uh, AEW coming to town. And, of course, it's me, your boy, Heel Will Mahoney. So, big old belt group back next week to keep the story going and see uh, this crazy world, man. We're heading towards October. The, 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 the Wednesday Night Wars are coming, and we'll be here to cover it. So, 
stay tuned, folks, and uh, we'll be back with more in another week. All I really need, that